Well, good morning and uh, welcome to each one. It's uh, been good to be here. And uh, I guess this weekend, first of all, welcome back, Deidre. Good to see you. Um, this weekend, or yesterday morning, I should say, I went through the tenderizer. <coughs> I discovered selfishness was still in my heart. <coughs> As you remember, yesterday morning, beautiful morning, and uh, I'm ashamed to share how what my feelings were. I had mentioned to the family, I said, it's a nice day. You know, it's been cloudy quite, quite a bit this spring already. It's a nice day. Man, it'd be so nice. Go back in the woods, cut some wood, just clean up around there. But I have to sit at the desk. Lord just spoke to me, convicted me of that selfishness. Look at what Jesus did for you. All that, he was up all night. With his trials, the beatings, terrible. Then he hung on the cross six hours. And I feel bad that I have to sit down and prepare a message to hear from the Lord. So I repented. Just told him I'm sorry for my Selfishness. And I'll gladly do this for him. When I had surrendered, I could sit there, I could still see the sun shining, but the rest of the day, I just had a wonderful time in the Lord. What can be more beautiful than that? And then the songs this morning, you know, it's just a reminder of what Jesus has done. It goes with my message. And I'm just very tender right now. With an attitude of gratitude, I guess, I should say. Because if it wouldn't be for Jesus, right now I would be condemned. We all would be condemned if we wouldn't be for Jesus Christ. So can we not serve him and love him with our whole heart? 
Okay, the next heart is the uh, defiled locked heart. This one's a little tough. Very, very sensitive. These normally have some deep, deep wounds, deep hurts. So the description. What does this look like? Well, they, they don't trust others. They will not let anyone into their heart. They keep people at a distance. They don't know how to open up to others because when they did open up, they were hurt. They are unable to give and receive love. When you're with a person like this, they'll drain you emotionally. But they leave still empty. They have a hard time submitting to to others. If a person has been abused, they often become hostile and dominant. Many attack others in anger and become controlling in order to protect themselves from more pain. Relationships are not safe. Please note, I'm not saying relationships are not safe. They feel that way. Okay, and they are bitter and have an, an anger problem. Their heart is full of bitterness and resentment because they were hurt. And someone close is normally the one that hurts them. It controls how they respond to life. Life is viewed through the lenses of our heart. The condition of our heart determines our outlook in life. So what causes the defiled locked heart? Pretty much one thing, they've been abused. Now this abuse could be in various ways. Number one, sexual abuse. This is something that should never happen. But unfortunately, it does. I won't go into much detail. It can be in various ways. Very, very deep emotional pains when they're violated. Could also be physical abuse. Physical abuse occurs from inappropriate physical acts that hurt others. This is also in various ways. It's not just beating. It can happen between siblings or between husband and wives when one physically hurts the other. 
it can also be when it's not like a beating, but it can be holding, like throwing a blanket over someone and just holding them and they'll just go crazy. That, that destroys them emotionally. That's physical abuse. You're controlling them with your physical ability. That's physical abuse. And it, it destroys your mind. You go out of your mind because you feel like you're suffocating. It depends on the person's ability to handle that or not. Or ho holding them down and just tickling them till they're just going crazy. That destroys them emotionally. That's physical abuse. And it also can appear, uh, occur from a parent disciplining too harshly or inappropriately causing the child to feel rejection and anger from the lack of consistency and love. They don't know where they're at. All of a sudden, it's just an outburst. It may be giving a spanking when they, they're really innocent. There's this little story, or this happening, I should say. This father was on the roof and had his little boy with him. And he was working on the roof, and he told his little boy, now stay away from the edge. So he was working, the next thing he knew, the little boy was at the edge. Then he'd tell him, like, get away from, come on over here. I told you to stay away from the edge. So the little boy was on around, so down further, you know. Then he was out by the edge. And then uh, this happened several times. Then finally his dad was tired of it, so he got up and gave the boy a spanking. Then when the boy finally stopped crying where he could talk, then he said, what is an edge anyway? He didn't know what he wasn't supposed to go to. That can be physical abuse, not intentional. But if they're innocent, it will hurt them emotionally, where they will no longer trust you. So make sure, before we discipline, that the child knew what they were supposed to be doing, and that it is rebellion. Because sometimes they don't understand. And they're really innocent. Or falsely accusing. Emotional abuse. Some of these kind of can tie together. E emotional abuse is caused by the pressure others place on us and not being sensitive to our needs. We're pressured to perform. See, we're, we're placed into this invisible box that maybe we as parents place our child into this invisible box that this is how we want them to be and not really allowing them to be who God created them. There's a fine line. You know, we need to teach them the ways of life, the ways of God. We need to teach them all these things, but we need to give them space to where they can be themselves. The controlling, 
because they'll see. And there's also areas where we can, trying to break their will, we break their spirit. And that's the emotional abuse. And I've often said already, you know, we do say, you know, break the child's will or whatever. But, you know, if we wouldn't have a will, what would we do? We need to, how would you say, guide their will in the right direction. Because also, if we break their will, now they just follow others. They're not even, they're kind of a, they're just a follower. Because they, their will is also broken. So we need to be careful that we just guide them. So they can use their strengths that God has given them, but steer them in the right direction, rather than just breaking it off. And it's just idle. We can't be who we really are. Also, spiritual abuse. Spiritual abuse is caused when biblical principles are forced on others without love. This is also, you know, we can't just... We can't just allow someone to keep living in sin and living in sin. But we dare not discipline or whatever with, without love. Because now we've got spiritual abuse. It must be motivated by love, God's love. People feel pressured and used when the truth is com communicated without love. You know, when a person is struggling to forgive someone, the worst thing you can do is tell them the Bible commands us that you must, you must forgive. First, let's take time to understand what are you going through? I mean, what, what's really happening? Try to unfold what is really happening. What are you feeling? What has happened? Then, once all these are open where you understand, now you can, with an understanding heart, you can lead them in attempting to forgive. Because the Bible, you know, there comes a time where we mu must choose to forgive. You know, there was a time in my life where I was waiting till I felt like forgiving. Sometimes that time doesn't come. But out of my duty, out of my wanting to obey the word of God, today I choose to forgive. And Lord, just give me the feelings to follow. Sometimes we must just make that choice because we don't always feel like forgiving. How do we resolve? Like I said, with this particular individual, you must be very careful. They are extremely fragile. 
extremely fragile because they have been hurt so bad. And any miscommunication or miss, maybe wording something wrong even, or any uh, harsh word can lock that heart where you no longer have access. First of all, care about their pain. Start caring about their pain instead of telling them what they should be doing about it. Just walk with them. Sit with them. Cry with them. Don't ever say, get over it. Grow up. That's water under the bridge. In their heart, it's not. It is real. And it hurts. Because when we say comments like that, we're just smearing more mortar on the wall. And the wall is just getting thicker. Rather than breaking down those walls that are around the heart. By the way, God is the only one that can take those walls out of the way. We can't. We can be the vessel, we can be the avenue in what God is working, but it's ultimately God's work. Find out what caused their pain. Once you identify the cause, walk them through by loving and accepting them right where they're at. This person may have never been accepted for who they were, for who they are. You can maybe be the first one to accept them right where they're at. You may be the first one that really cares for their heart. It's very important to understand how to help these individuals because there's such an epidemic of abuse in the community. There's so much abuse happening. And make sure you talk to them from your heart and not your head. Let's say someone was abused. Let's say, let's for instance, sexually abused. Then, and if you're talking with that one and you see there might be a problem, you wouldn't want to come out and just say, well, were you sexually abused? That just locks them up. Here's an example of being more um, a caring way with a sympathetic voice. Has anyone ever damaged your heart? In any way? Has anyone touched you inappropriately? Causing you to feel dirty? Worthless and violated? Now you're there and you're identifying with them. When you open your heart and start caring, the response will be that they'll start opening their heart. But it takes time. It takes time. Ask Jesus heart questions. Do you care about me? 
Oh, I've caught. <coughs> Sorry. Do you care about my pain? Tongue is ticking. Do you understand my pain? Do you love me as a person? Do you understand me? Jesus will always understand. He just always will. But this is where there can be, the healing can start. Is where Jesus can start ministering to that heart. (coughs) Was Jesus there during the abuse? (coughs) Jesus, when I was being abused, I felt so alone, unloved, unwanted, unprotected. Were you there that day when I was abused? Many, many times, this person will reminisce back toward the room that it happened or wherever it happened, and they'll see Jesus there. And that just breaks that wall. They felt alone, but Jesus was still there. The reason I can tell you that Jesus was there is because he promised I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you always and to the very end. And his word does not lie. He was there. In fact, that's probably why you made it through there. It's because he was there. Sometimes when the pain was so deep, I've heard testimonies where Jesus was holding them. And when you're hurting and you get a glimpse, a picture of that, you can't help but melt in the embrace of Jesus. Jesus, how do you want to use my pain to benefit others? You see, make the experience part of your life message. Because God never wastes pain. He will use it for his honor and glory. So we pray through the abuse issues. Lord, I acknowledge and renounce the abuse that whoever perpetrated against me and asked you to break the stronghold in my life, Lord, I choose to forgive whoever for the abuse, and I am willing to pay the emotional pain and consequence that that person has caused me, and I release him or her to your control.
release everything to Jesus because he can handle it much better than we can. That's the key, is releasing it. I don't have the prayer on here, but make sure when you release the person, or at least when I did, when I said that I will pay for the emotional pain, there is this weight that was unbearable because I wanted justice. I wanted him to see. Many times I would just say, well, if he would just come and say sorry, then it would be so much better. It would just be so much easier to forgive if he would just come and say he's sorry. I don't know to this day if he even knew that he did anything wrong to me. So if he didn't know it, how can he come and say sorry? But someone taught me then and said, you know, no, you don't have to wait to forgive until they ask that the, you know, for forgiveness. Before I was born, Jesus went on the cross for me. It's our duty. And then when we feel that weight of that emotional pain, because it's fresh in your mind again, Jesus, can I just give you this pain? By his stripes we're healed. He will gladly take it. Because that's what he came for. Then you release everything to Jesus. Pray for healing. And by the way, these are just samples. You can do your own little prayer. It can just be a short one like, Lord, would you just speak peace to this pain? He understands it. Just pray from the heart in your own way. Lord, I ask that you heal all areas of my heart that were damaged. I give myself to you and ask you to free me from the emotional barrier caused by the abuse in my life. I want to experience your peace and comfort in each area of my heart. I want to be free to love and to respond in love under your creative plan. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if it's from the heart, the Lord is just pleased to fulfill it. We may think that we've really been through a lot. And we have. But let's think about Jesus' life. First of all, he was born of a virgin, but accused of coming out of wedlock. He was born in this stinky stable, much worse than what I was born in. He went back to his hometown, and his people turned their backs on him. His own people rejected him. One time he said that even the fox have dens, but the Son of Man has no place to put his head. 
He had no home. In fact, he was buried in a borrowed tomb. Even in his ministry, the ones that thronged to him didn't come to him because they saw him as the answer for the world, but they saw him for what they could get out of him. Is that us? Even his disciples that he poured his life into for three years and gave everything he had when it came to true sacrifice and when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. They couldn't even stay awake with him. And when he hung on the cross, most of them had abandoned him. Is it not a shame that even today many turn our backs on him? There's many, many that have not accepted Jesus Christ. But how about us? When it comes to healing, when it comes to the hurts that we have, the uh, past where we we don't want to face it anymore. It's just, it hurts so bad. I don't even want to go there. Jesus came for that too. To release you out of that bondage. Are we turning our backs? When it comes to the guilt, the shame... And we don't allow him to enter into that secret place that we've been hiding and we've been hiding. We're turning our backs because he wants to heal us. We have been hurt. We have been despised. We have been rejected. We have been abused. But there stands a man that understands. He understands everything. He's felt it all. You see, he didn't die on the cross because he had sympathy for us. He died on the cross so he could identify with us. Because what happened? Getting ahead of myself. You see, when we deal with people that are hurting, we must identify with them. We must understand. Because people know when you're sitting beside them if you're sympathizing with them or if you're really identifying with them. When you're really feeling with them. Agonizing with them. Because see, Jesus hung on the cross because he wanted to identify with me. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That's how he can identify with us. 
that we might become the righteousness of God in him. To me, that says he became me. He came into my body and knew everything that I was feeling. And everything that I was going through, he understood because he'd been there too. I had blamed everyone and every situation for my struggles. But then I realized, according to the word of God, it doesn't matter what others had done. The final choice was mine. I had to be the one to repent. I had to be the one that faced Calvary and said, Lord Jesus, I nail myself on that cross. Identifying with him now. And pray, Lord Jesus, forgive me for all the sins that I've been carrying and all these feelings that I've been carrying. I give them all to you. Then from that moment on, it can be a continual healing, healing us from our bad memories. And some of these things we'll never forget. But it'll, it'll take the uh, edge off or it'll take the pain away. We'll never forget the past. And a lot of times it's not an overnight thing. It's not just this once and done, and boy, everything is glory from here on out. Normally it doesn't work that way. It's a gradual step that the Lord takes us through. There are still times that I deal with my past. When I share these heart messages, continually there are battles in my mind. It stirs up these memories but it gives me an opportunity to praise the Lord of what he's done. Or it could be an opportunity to drag me down. And that has happened too already. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. We must believe that. And also, when you deal with people, never rush God. You know, we wanted a microwave effect. We want it done right now. I mean, this is urgent. But let's not rush God. Because God has his timing and his purpose. God knows the heart. Our job is to identify with that person and continually uphold them before the Lord. And our job is not to prove what God is or who God is because God can do that himself. You know,
like I had shared with these struggles I had normally go through with these messages. It may appear that we stand up here and have it all together. But I know at least for myself I can say it's not always that way. We have our struggles, or at least I do. We've been bought with a price. We have been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. We have been crucified with Christ on the cross. And we have been born again in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is where our victory is at. If we don't believe that, we're living a defeated life. Because that is where the power is. It's the power of the resurrection. We are a new creation. See, the old man is dead. The old past is dead. The abuse issues that we've received are dead. They're vanished if we allow Jesus to cleanse us. The feelings of inadequacy, of rejection, of whatever we have gone through are dead when you identify with Christ. That's the beginning of healing. I must tell Jesus. Whenever there's a problem, I must tell Jesus. That's, that's the only way out. Then hold the blessing of having that heart that's cleansed. There's no greater blessing. It's the way of the cross that leads home. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just pause and thank you for your wonderful work on the cross. Just thank you for your kindness and goodness to us. Your love, that amazing love that caused you to just open your arms and die for me in my place. That fountain flowing for me to cleanse me from all that guilt, that stain, that guilty stain. Oh, Father, we are so grateful that you have shown us the way and that you have made the way for us. Father, I pray for every person's heart here. That those who have been cleansed and are free, I pray that you would protect that heart and keep it free. And those who have, are hurting, and there's things that are of the past that are still buried deep. 
Father, show them how safe you are. Just reveal to that heart right now, Lord, of how safe you really are. Because you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in you, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. And just start that healing process right now, Lord. Now there's no salvation in just a clean heart or whatever you would say. And those who are hurting but yet are born again, they're not lost. But Father, they're not enjoying. And they haven't received the full benefit. So Father, just pray that they would long for that day that they could reap the benefits of what you really came for. It's for our salvation, but also for our healing, our forgiveness, our freedom from the bondage of sin, that guilt, that shame, those despised feelings. Father, just pray for healing. And as we go out today and this next week, may we show the world, this community, who you really are. That if we are free in Christ, we are free indeed. Oh, help us, Father, to fulfill the purpose that we are here for not to just live it up but that we show the difference in these two kingdoms that we can show them that it's time to repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand because we are showing them the kingdom of God that we pledge allegiance to the lamb and not to this world and their ways because, Father, we know that the kingdom of this world will not make choices as we would. Because they're not in the same kingdom. But, Father, we do pray for them. That you would guide them. That they would make choices according to your plan. And for your purpose and for your honor. Just bless each one for coming, Lord. Just pour all your blessings upon this congregation that we would be alive in you and that your Holy Spirit would be manifested in each one of our lives as we go forth in the workplace, at home, wherever it may be, that our lights are shining bright and that we truly are the salt of the earth. 
We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.